Fellas, welcome back. Season two of the main stand. We're here. Episode one. It's been it's been a summer. It's been Honestly, a it's been a summer. We got Josh back, back in Maine. The main stand is officially the main stand. All of us together in person for the first time ever. We're joined by two very special guests. We got Justin here with us. Know them well. We got Farwell here with us. They've both been on the pod a couple of times. Uh, so season one was a lot of fun. Season two, we're doubling down. Main stand of the fucking moon. So welcome to the inaugural main stand episode for season two. We're going to be talking about the top six, doing a little bit of Premier League chat. We got a bunch of teams represented here. Go around the horn real quick. Justin, uh, who are you going to be talking about for us? We're going to be talking about the Mighty Gunners and seeing where we're going to go. It's a surprise. You guys know <laughs> who we represent. We got Liverpool, uh, City, and piece of shit. Austin. Nice. Tottenham Hotspur. That's gross. Yeah. So, you, so, so in season one, we met these uh, esteemed gentlemen um, throughout throughout the season. Uh, they came on and, and contributed actually quite a bit of um, you know outside perspective for us. So we wanted to bring them back, talk about what we're going to be seeing this year, uh, talk a little bit about last season's recap, what's gone on this summer, catch us back up to speed, and go from there. The um. So if we want to dive right in, there's one team in particular that I was very interested in talking about just because I thought they've had a pretty good summer. Mm -hmm. And I I genuinely believe in this team. Um, so, Farwell, let's let's have a chat for a second here. Um, I think Tottenham are going to be very, very good next season. You know, they made a lot of really good signings. I think Longley comes in and helps that defense. I think Richarlison adds some depth to the forward line. I think Basuma is a phenomenal phenomenal signing in the midfield to partner up with uh came from southampton i just told hoiberg there hoiberg. we go yeah i think he's gonna be very very good in the midfield with them let's uh let's get your perspective on how do you, how do you feel about Tottenham going into the season well first it warms my heart to hear something like that from you um, you're welcome so. <laughs> it's the only time you're ever gonna hear from me. don't don't hear a lot of those compliments but yeah uh i think really huge signings this year i think uh I mean, the way we ended last season, we were, we were playing really good football, and I'm really excited to see what these new players are going to be bringing. Um, I mean, Ivan Perisic, is gonna, he's a classic. He's just shithauser, you know? Conte signing. That's a Conte signing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming from Milan, too, we know Conte can work with him quite well. Yep. Uh, I think he gave Trent problems last year, so I think he's probably the player I'm looking for at Tottenham. Have a good season. Yeah, I think signings-wise, it's either it's either him or... I'm interested to see what Conte does, if anything, with Ndombele coming back from loan. I'm interested to see how he, fit, he fits into that team, if he fits in at all. Yeah, that's fair. How about... So, just sticking with Tottenham for just one, one more thing. Justin. Yes. Arsenal fan in the house. Yes. How do you feel about Tottenham season? Are you nervous for what's coming from North London with you? Or I mean, do you feel good? like... It's hard. I really... That front three is just full of bastards, in my opinion. I, like, I hate Kane, I hate Son, and then they got Richarlson. I just feel like they're going to just bully. Um, also, I'm really hoping that like we, we don't fall into it. Um, I like Spence. I think he's a really good signing. Um, but yeah, Conte's, he shaped them up. I'm a little worried, but I think we, it's going to be, I think, just us two going for that last spot in four, so it's going to be a little battle. We'll have a conversation about that later, but <laughs> yeah. I do not agree with you there. <laughs> um, I actually like the Spence signing too. He was yeah. really good for Forest yeah. last season. Yeah. 
I don't know if Conte kind of mentioned he's more of an investment for the future, but I think uh, it'll be interesting to see when he does get a nap early yeah. in the season how he does. Yeah. We can uh, stay right in London. Let's let's have some some Arsenal chat now. Yes, yes. Real quick, see how see how you're feeling about the squad here. So signed two of my favorite city players this summer. Uh, I think Jesus is going to do wonders for Arsenal. Godsend of a signing for like the last couple of years. We've just had like non-existent forward play. I think like Aubameyang like was like here and there. Lacazette was just nowhere to be seen. So just to have like a pressing forward and as we've seen in preseason already he's just like going for it mm. um i think one thing that mikhail's really going for is like versatility yep. up front so like jesus could play in the middle on the right or left uh, nikedia same thing and martinelli same thing um just kind of complement that little rotation we got and i'm hoping that we can score some goals how do we feel about arsenal's top four chances fellas we think we think they're sneaking in i i think they have a, a big opportunity and a, and a I think a lot of work to do, but I think the signings that they brought in really bolster the side and fill mm-hmm. some of those holes that we saw towards the end of the season. I think it's going to take time to see how they play out. Yeah. But bringing in somebody like Zichenko or Jesus to really have somebody who's been in a system that is a proven winner, they're proven consistent players that can go out and make a difference in really I think any side in the Premier League yeah um and I think they give a little bit of not veteran depth but they bring something that they they bring the winning mentality oh yeah 100% and I think having them come into this side can potentially put Arsenal in the top four this year I don't think the thing that hurt us last year was squad depth and just that quality because like Mm -hmm. when Tierney went out party went out that's when you really saw like the three run loss where we lost to like Southampton away uh Palace away all those games were like that we could have picked up some points there. Um, I definitely think that hurt us, so I'm just hoping we can just build up on that depth. And Where do you think forth. Vieira and Zinchenko play? Do you think they play in midfield? I really hope Zinchenko competes for Tierney at the left yeah. back. I think um, Arteta might play them play him in that little Jaco role. Uh, Fabio, I think, might be like the Odegaard sub or just the okay. Smith Rowe sub. Um, he admitted he wants to be a 10, but he's played eight. He's played uh, like a false nine or four. Like, I think he's yeah, just going to be yeah. like the go on the field we need okay. anything. Yeah. I think where Arsenal still struggle is their midfield. That whole Yeah, midfield. I agree, yeah. Yeah, Sambi's not really, I don't think... He's not ready. I mean, yeah. he, I think Lav not having any comp competitions or like being not being Europe really, really hurt like the other players just because mm-hmm. like we went Jacques party for most of it. When they went out, nobody was fresh. So I think yeah. having more competitions might help get some game times in. And that was the thing with Nuno. Like Nuno was just like thrown out there. Super rusty. Yeah, not good enough at the end of the day. The, the yeah. other thing that really scares me about Arsenal is still the center of defense. And I know you and me have had some arguments about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think Gabrielle is shocking sometimes. <laughs> I, I think Arsenal, I think their defense is still not there. They're still going to make individual errors, and I think that holds them back from top four. At the I end think of the day. Saliba really has a chance just to take that spot, um, especially with Tomiyasu's um, just kind of health. I think yeah, what he might try to do is shift Ben Y out to the right and that way we could start all three. Um, I don't like the depth if one of those goes down though, as we saw earlier, you know, Cedric's not good enough, Tamar's not good enough. <laughs> Rob Holding is a cult legend, but red card against Tottenham and that kind of ruined that whole game. So like yeah. the soft red to be fair. Soft. The soft red. I mean it's deserved. Any anytime it's at at the hospital it's a it's a, it's soft, a soft red. red. Speaking <laughs> of squad depth 
both of you guys are playing some form of European football next season. Right, you guys yeah. in Europa, you in the Champions League. Do you think you both have enough depth to go on two fronts that are really big? I wish, like, I would have loved to make the Champions League, but I think going into net last season, I think the squad's perfect for the Europa League. We got, um, we could feel the nice, like, group yeah. stage team. They really bled some youngsters in there, like, Balogun could get some games. Um, that's a good chance to get some Smith Rowe, Vieira, some games. Um, same thing with Miguel Z. So I think we could like coast through the. Yeah. Um, also, it all depends on the draw, too. Um, could be the same for Spurs. Like, you guys can get a really hard group, get knocked into where we are. I mean, I don't want that. <laughs> but so, so just kind of piggybacking off of where you are going into this year. I know you were really, really, really dead set on Champions League football as, I mean, the dream as was, a Gunners fan. The dream was there. Like I going into it, I was like fifth would be so nice. But then once we like had fourth for a while, I was like, oh, we just got to take care of our you, stuff. You kind of changed and your sights and, we and ran set out of it gas. on fourth. But but now, kind of hindsight being twenty twenty, do you think fifth place or finishing where you you did in the Europa League um, going into this season is that better setting you up for success? I know the the money probably hurts, but you've made very very good signings yeah. outside of you know the the less the less financial yeah. side. I of definitely things. think going forward that four spot is going to be so crucial. Um, I know Arsenal got slaughtered for it years ago, saying it was a trophy, but we got Chelsea going for it, Tottenham, uh, United coming back um, potentially. There's us. For, the, for those of you who can't see, we Goldbridge. have our United yeah. <laughs> uh, correspondent, Mark Goldbridge, sitting off screen yeah. on the TV. So, mm-hmm. so um, definitely it hurt, but I think Arsenal are never going to get back in the Champions League till we win the Europa League. I think it's a little cursed thing we got to do. Okay. So I think this year is our best chance of doing it. We'll see. Is Arteta on the hot seat if he doesn't get top four? I think it really – like, let's say we get six, but we're, like, two points off. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard to – and also – but this year, there's a World Cup in the middle of the season. There's like a, five subs. Mm-hmm. That is a brand new change, so it's a whole different kind of season. It's hard to be like, this is the year. Um, and I think now he finally has his full squad. Because mm-hmm. last year, he yeah. still had like a Bamiyang, Lacazette. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah. if I think this year or next year, yeah. it's not happening soon. He must be getting some pressure from you know the Cronkies, because I think they've had the most investment in the Premier League last year oh, and this the- summer. So. You expect to yeah. win They, they love actually. him, though. They're they're fully committed, even when we like lost the first few games. Yeah. They're like, he's our guy. So Yeah. I don't, interesting to see how it plays out. I don't Let's think, see. personally, that if Arsenal don't make the top four, that Arteta should get sacked. I yeah. think he's the perfect cl- coach for the club right now. I think sacking him puts you in a uh, in like a Man United type of cycle, yeah. where it's like sure. one in, one out. You don't really get to establish a style of play. Um, yeah. And, you know... On the topic of Man United, we don't have Mark is on mute right now, so he can't give us his opinion. <laughs> but they're a team we I think we should talk about. And despite not having somebody here as a representative, um, I will do my best as the other half of Manchester, <laughs> to speak. unbiased, unbiased, unbiased on on how I feel about them. But let's just let's just chat about Man United first and foremost. You know, disaster of a season they had last season between. The protests, the drama, bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo, um, City more or less pump faking them into signing a cancer for the locker room, <laughs> Ronaldo. The Pogba stuff, he's finally out the door. The manager roulette seems to be solved in Ten Hag coming in and feeling like like a really like established manager that has an attacking style of play, can really bring back that like Man United identity, mm. so to speak. Do we 
do we all feel like they are starting to get it right or do we kind of think it's like the beginning of another very like soul shard type of cycle what, what do we think personally i think it's a step in the right direction i think ten hog has proven himself with Ajax, he does a lot with a little. And I think if he's able to come in and really revamp United from both on the field and in the front office um, and, and really kind of creating a foundation for the future, mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing right now. Um, you know, we've seen him make some good moves already and kind of cut some dead weight, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be an overnight project where we go from such a rocky season to smooth sailing it's going to take a couple of years um but i think he's moving in the right direction so far i mean he's um he's brought in uh lissandro martinez brought him over from ajax short um short king short king can't wait to see Um, him guarding holland (laughs) and and christian erickson a a veteran talent um over from brentford who had a decent showing in a team where you know we thought he was never going to play football again so i think bringing in a really solid veteran positive proven winner um somebody who is going to help kind of calm down the midfield other side of the coin though we have a locker room legend in Edison Cavani leaving the club. So I think I think there's a lot of positives, but there's also some negatives, and I'm interested to see what you guys think about that. I don't think it gets better until Ronaldo's gone. I completely yeah. agree with that statement, too. Uh, I, I, we watched, me and the head coach at Bridgeton watched a lot of United games, and it was funny for me, but he was miserable the entire <laughs> time. And watching them play some teams, even like Leeds, who wasn't having a great year, they still... Were playing okay soccer, but they couldn't they couldn't beat Leeds. Mm. And it was some of the stuff. Personally, I think the back line is horrendous You're at so United. Bad. I don't see why Maguire was still allowed to ever play. Yeah. Uh, he was one, of, in my opinion, one of the worst decisions for them. He, I think he caused a lot of mishaps in the back because he just isn't. His position. That, just well, oh, yeah. it's 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 tough too with Maguire specifically because you look at like his first season with United, he was very good. He came in and like really did make like instant improvements in that back four. So I think it's it Maguire feels a lot like um, like John Stones to me in the sense that he's very much a confidence player. If the team isn't behind him, if the fans aren't behind him, if like he isn't behind himself, he's gonna just be playing very poorly. That being said, I, I think he should not be the Man United captain anymore, and he should no longer be a player who's above being benched. And I think Ten Hag does have that mentality to be like, all right, pal, time to sit your ass on the bench for a couple of games. Like, get it together up here before I put you back out there. I think that's what Ten Hag changes in that sense. I think I, I, I'd like to think that see, having seen how Ten Hag coached at Ajax that he also has the uh, the cojones, so to speak, <laughs> to tell Ronaldo he's not going to start every game. And, you know, to, to bench a player who, you know, really cost them points. He scored 19 or 18 goals for them last season, but you look at, like, his overall performance and, and everything else, uh, there's this, like, shocking statistic that United scored uh, 
50 goals, 50... They scored 56 goals last season, and 18 of them came from Ronaldo. So the rest of the squad all season netted 38 goals. And I think 10 of them or 11 of them came from Bruno. Right. And he scored the three penalties, if I'm not mistaken. They only scored three out of the five penalties they won all year. And and I, I think the way Ronaldo demands the ball and demands that the system be built around him rather than being a piece of a very cohesive and good system. I think taking Ronaldo taking a step back or Ten Hag forcing Ronaldo to take a step back makes that United side ten times better. And I I think Ten Hag will be the guy who finally comes in and is like, listen pal, you're thirty five years old. You're you're not the dude who was doing six step overs and beating any fullback on the wing. <laughs> And we just don't have the team that let you sit in the box and not press like you had at Juve or like you had at Real Madrid in your last couple of years there. Like, either be a team player or you're not going to play. And I think this whole question of whether he's going to be leaving or not is going to only extend the problem um, because he wants out. He wants out, but as a club, they're like, oh, we have this this golden goose sitting here that's going to score us 20 goals at nearly 40 years old like we have to hold on to that and I think Ten Hag is a manager who is going to look at his younger talent and say how do I shape this team for success in the future I feel like we're getting to the tail end of the Ronaldo and Messi conversation we're starting to get to what is next what is next and I think Ten Hag knows that as a manager United's been a disaster for four or five years now. Let's right the wrongs and, and move on from from the mistake of bringing him back. Mm-hmm. I actually have a different opinion than you guys. I think United need Ronaldo to uh, kind of keep going in the right direction, I would say. Um, I think a lot of players kind of avoided blame last season. Mm-hmm. Um Bruno being one of them. I thought Bruno was shocking for the majority of last season. Yeah, he... Maguire, Lingard, all the players, Pogba, the players leaking stuff in the dressing room. Those are the problem with Man United. I think Ronaldo's the one backbone of those Ferguson teams that he does kind of know what it takes. I don't think he recognized, like, Man United, like, coming back. It wasn't the same club as when he left in 2005. Yeah, I agree. So, I think... What would be a win for Man United is, it is if he stays and Ten Hag can get something out of him. Yeah. If that happens, I think Man United are in the right direction. I don't think getting rid of him is the answer. I think keeping Maguire and the rest of those players at the club is, you know, not great. I, I think you make a good point. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like Josh you're fucking wrong. Because <laughs> you're right. I, I think Ronaldo is like that type of player. There's an aura around players like Ronaldo. I just think that you can accept a level of blame, but I think just the way he forces United to play, and we've not seen him like be willing to go back to that player that does more off the ball, that does more than just demand possession and waste it. And, and, you know, you get those spectacular games out of him, like that hat-trick against Tottenham, the games to beat, the you know, the goals to beat Newcastle, those two games that just stand out in my yeah. head, those two big games he had there. But then you put him up against the big sides, and he is 
nowhere to be seen because he can't. Yeah, he doesn't work off the ball. He can't be a part of those of those games, and it, it's you know how how important is a player who's going to score you goals against minnows actually in the grand scheme of things when you're not beating the teams that like you need to beat to take that next step up that's fair and that's that's the only reason i I feel like they they probably are better with ronaldo not on the pitch or 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 with a ronaldo that accepts this new type of role but i think we've seen ronaldo's personality over the years yeah it's really hard for me to see him like accepting you know taking on that role as you said like accepting the ten hack wants him to play this different part of the team all right, so you know, we're, we've we've talked enough, I think, about United to, you know, kind of switch gears, talk about something else. Um, I, I think we save, we'll save the big dogs for the end. <laughs> let's let's talk about the other team in London for a little bit here. Um, Chelsea have made a lot of improvements over the summer. That's for sure. They've added a ton of really really quality players. Um, you know. Raheem Sterling, Kaidu Koulibaly, Kwande just got hijacked, which is funny. So he's <laughs> more. Um, and then they, you know, they've they've offloaded some dead weight as well. Dead weight. was a club legend for them, but he was towards the tail end. Is he, is he on his way out? I thought he left. Aspie? Am I tripping? Are they still? I, I don't think, think he's gone. I think yet. Barca and Chelsea are still arguing over. Oh, him. yeah. Well, he's yeah. still there as of recording. Yeah, yeah. As of recording, he's still there, but I think they're moving. He's around. on the chopping block. I don't think then... he played last night in our friendly. Yeah, and yeah. also me and Mitch and Farrell were talking about this before. Tuchel, his comments after the game, uh, saying like he has players that you know their mind is elsewhere, thinking about their options and where else they want to be. Yeah. And basically, like we have the same problems because we have the same players. So yeah. it sounds like there's going to be a few. He more was not happy. Out. And I, I think a lot of that st- starts stemming from all the BS from last year. Like, I feel like a lot of players made their mind up um, halfway through the season when, you know, shit hit the fan. Lukaku. They wanted to get out, and I don't think they finished where they should have based on the season that they had prior. They were working their asses off, won a Champions League, and then kind of had a lackluster third place. Like, it was a very quiet, very quiet third place. Um, then you take a defensive absolute masterclass from Rudiger, who leaves on a free transfer. They have new American owners, and then they're not really plugging anything crazy. If anything, they've bolstered the attack, and that's about it, with the addition of Raheem Sterling and then Lukaku going out on loan. <laughs> so I... I think Chelsea's in a really interesting place going in um, to the twenty three or twenty two twenty three season because I think there's just so much unknown. There's a lot of question marks at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah. You got also Pulisic. Is he gonna stay? Is he gonna go? Because there's been rumors yeah, about that. That's true. What's gonna happen, Connor Gallagher? Does he want to stay and fight for a spot in a team he might not get because that World Cup's coming up? So does he yeah. want to go back on loan and try to like fight for that spot? I don't see how he's gonna fit. Like, I don't think he's going to start over Mason. I don't think he's going to take Havertz's spot. Like, where? how does this team, like, going forward? There's a lot of questions. Don't have a striker either, really. Exactly, yeah. No. yeah. And, and Burner's I, still there. I don't know if <laughs> Raheem Sterling being such a, a good goal scorer. Like, what did he have, 16 last year? 13 last year. Um, so, from, from the wing, he does produce a lot of goals. But I don't see him stepping in and, and really providing – 
a huge difference to where they were last year. If anything, I think it takes away from how the system operates and they have to change the shape a little bit to fit the changes in, in the squad. I, um, I think the Sterling signing in particular for them, uh, I love Raheem Sterling. Yeah. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal as player. As he should. I think he's a phenomenal winger. I think as someone who dealt with him all those years, <laughs> Sterling plays his best football with like an out-and-out out nine in the middle with him. We see him doing very well for England, getting to play alongside Harry Kane. We saw his 20-goal seasons for City coming with Aguero in the middle and also Sané on the left to feed him tap-ins, but that's not this or that. Suarez. Um, yeah, with Suarez, Suarez in, the certain, in the SAS, the, the classic SAS mm. system. Um, I think Sterling, okay, he's a great player. I don't think he is the same player in Chelsea. I think he fits in best at Chelsea being able to play on the right wing as a provider. He's explosive dribbler, a lot of pace. He, he adds like a different dynamic to a forward line. But I, I think without him having that like out and out number nine, who does he provide to? It's going to be a lot of the same stuff you saw at City. He's going to score. He scores. I bet he scores ten or eleven goals for Chelsea in the league next year. But you guys thought Fernando Torres missed a lot of open nets. You're in for a treat, Chelsea fans. You're in for a treat. Just uh, just go on YouTube and, and type in Man City versus Lyon Champions League, and that's that's the player you're getting. I mean he. He wasn't a player I was really worried about when... Yeah. You never are. When when we went up against City in those big game moments where we would get cut through. Like, they'd get in on net, they'd have their touches, City would set up perfectly, the ball would fall to, to Raz's feet, and then he skies it, or he rips it wide. Or and he kicks it straight at Allison. Or, if right. He, the ball is at Sterling, at Sterling, not at Sterling's feet. In both games, there are two specific moments in the home game, home leg, leg, so to speak, and the away leg against Liverpool. That if it's not Sterling in on goal, goal probably gets scored, Absolutely. and we probably take three points from both of those games. But you know, he he just misses a lot of big chances. I think he's a great player. I think his game is more than just goals. But I think coming into a Chelsea side that was third in goals last year behind two teams that they're still playing catch-up with and they've been playing catch-up with since 2018 that he just doesn't add that he doesn't push them into into like oh they could win the league category yeah. he, he just is like yeah they'll, they'll probably finish third again feels like they have a lot of like utility players like yeah. guys on the wing that don't really have defined positions mm -hmm. Ziyech um, Pulisic you know I don't really see how they kind of compete you know, with Liverpool and City? I th I think it's going to be a different Chelsea that we see. I agree 100%. Tuchel's going to have to figure it He's out. Gonna we're going to see we're going to see something very similar to Tuchel's PSG. Yeah. With the 4-2-2-2 PSG. I, I think that that will be the system we see Chelsea playing next season. We're going to see them a lot less defensive, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of... Uh, we're going to see a high press out of them. He has, like, the, the team to play. He has players that fit like similar profiles, the types of players that he had at at, at that PSG team. So I, I think we are going to see a very different look out of Chelsea next season. But do you think that's actually going to help them? Yes. Because I think 
one of their best things last year was they were so hard to break down and so yeah. hard to score against. Mm. They don't, and I don't think Sterling is the goal scorer that they need no. in order to change that and kind of go away yeah. from that defensive mindset. They think he is. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see that helping them that much. I feel like their defense was the best thing that they had going for them and their ability to keep the ball. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think I think Rudiger and Christensen leaving forces Tuchel to have to play differently. Mm-hmm. Like Koulibaly is a phenomenal signing to fill that center back role, but he plays a different style. Rudiger was able to kind of break out onto the wing and especially against Liverpool, stop Mo Salah from doing anything. He was such an abusive defender all year. And to leave on a free open up such a huge gut-wrenching hole in that defense, is going to need time to set in. And, I mean, he has an opportunity to come in and make it his defensive line. But I don't think we're going to see that right out of the gate. I think we're going to have to see Chelsea holding a higher line than they did. They're not going to be able to sit back and absorb pressure like they did at I'm looking forward to it. Solomon's mm-hmm. done Koulibaly in multiple times. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I, last note I will say on Chelsea, just just as like my my thoughts on on the the change potential change in system and just like a mm-hmm. something else to think about. To to your point, Austin, um, I think Tuchel being such like a tactically tactically flexible manager, uh, I, I don't think that they'll lose a lot of their defensive shape. I think what will happen <laughs> is that we'll see Chelsea play the same 3-4-3 defensive, you know, defensive ball against the bigger teams, but I think a lot of Chelsea's problem last season stemmed from their inability to beat the, the little guys and being yeah. able to play that high press, being able to have more forward options, more ways to break down the, the teams that just aren't going to come out and play against them because they're not that good. It gives Chelsea a little bit more ability to beat the bad teams, to you know, maybe not drop those points, maybe not lose to, was it Villa and Tuchel's yeah. first season that they lost like 3-0 to West Brom, not lose to teams like that because they just don't have the players to break them down and then they get beat on the break. I feel like they're going to get caught somewhere in between. Mm, that's a very fair point. And not figure it out, especially right away. Yeah. <clears throat> and if they don't figure it out quickly, I think it's going to affect them really long term in the season it's gonna be curious too now that Roman's gone how Mm. much like if it doesn't go well how much time they give Tuchel because in the past if it wasn't working they would just constantly like get out rebuild real quick well so far the bully era at Chelsea is looking promising for that relationship they're already making a lot of changes in the front office so I, I personally think that you know if Tuchel's able to build that relationship from the get go and say this is the direction that we were heading before shit hit the fan. Right. This is what I want to do. This is my vision for Chelsea and what we can do to win trophies. We, we obviously are in the, the silverware conversation still. Like It's not like they're, they're throwing the entire club away and starting with a bunch of 16-year-old nobodies. There is still potential for Chelsea to do big things. Like It's not like they've signed, you know... The milkman from down the street. They, they're bringing <laughs> Koulibaly. He's a proven defensive specialist. Like he yep. is somebody that can run, run a club from the back. So I don't, I don't think that Bowley is going to be like, yeah, no, Tuchel, get the hell out after one year. Right. I think, I think with everything that's happened over the last year, 
it's going to take time to settle in. But if they don't hit the ground running, there are going to be eyes on them. There are going to be questions because they're the, the eyes are already there. People yeah. already have that micro- microscope on Stamford Bridge. Cool. I don't think Bowley's going to be good for Chelsea long-term, to be fair. They haven't hired a sporting director yet. He's the one making all those decisions. United did the same thing, and that's how United turned out. When you have a businessman making all the transfer decisions, it's not never good. Mm. never works out well. Yeah. You need a sporting director like a Michael Edwards, etc. in there. That's exactly. what happened with us when, because Arson was pretty much doing everything, and then after he left, they didn't realize that big hole. And then yeah. they like just put people they thought could do it, and then it was just a massive shit show. Yeah, if you have a guy that like ran the LA Dodgers and thinks he can just go to soccer and yeah. make those same decisions, it doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. I think Chelsea will be fine this year. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, in the future, I the Give longer he is there. Yeah. But do you trust Tuchel making those decisions? I think not I think really. He, I think he deserves a chance though, because like you were saying, he stayed like he was kept them afloat. But we've seen managers be like good managers be good at getting teams to play well yeah be awful sporting directors <laughs> yes uh, a la Eddie Howe yes. never ever let that man Bo- pick the players <laughs> just buy them for him look at the Bournemouth transfer market <laughs> yeah. dude Dom Solanke 20 mil horrendous horrendous and we've seen and he's a good manager he's a good he, yeah. he gets the most out of the yeah. teams he's given but he's just yeah. not you know what I mean I, I think teams like that do really do yeah they just need a sporting director. Uh, so that that was Chelsea. Uh, we you know we talked about the the other four teams that finished <laughs> in the top six last season, and uh, now we're going to talk about the the top two. We're going to talk about Liverpool and City. Um, we we can jump right in with Liverpool to start, and then we'll talk City at the end. We'll go you know two to one. Um, so first and foremost, my, I think my biggest question I have for you two, and it's it's about the signings or lack thereof this summer um the last time you guys didn't really sign many players in a summer uh you won the league yes thank you for that this summer (laughs) you also made little to no signings i would say you replaced the outgoing Mane, and you added a player for the future in carvalho he will play some games this season, for sure. I, I think, you know, before we were on air, Josh was saying he'll probably play about 20 games this season, and I think that's fair, whether yeah. off the bench or otherwise. I can maybe see him playing more. Just when, when Fulham played City, I was very impressed by him in that FA Cup tie. But my question is, is everyone strengthening around you going to be too much of a problem? Is it going to actually make an impact on the season? Or are Liverpool just already so much better than everyone? It was them playing catch-up for the most part. I think it's a catch-up game for the most part. I think Liverpool are pretty clear. I think it was clear last year. I know that we had a hard time beating Chelsea. We didn't beat them in the four games we played them. But I do think there was a different class in the rest of the season. Um, And Austin City were way above everyone else. I'm not too worried about who we brought in. Uh, I do think Darwin is going to be very good. I think he'll get over 20 goals this season. Um, a little bit concerned for Mane because he tends to be our big game scorer mm-hmm. uh, in the big moments and stuff, not so much from Salah. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of how we replace that. Carvalho, I do think, plays more than people expect. I think Klopp bought him to, to play now. That's the reason he's not going out on loan or anything like that. If he wasn't in Klopp's plans, he would go to a Premier League team right? like Gallagher did. 
Um, and I think Harvey Elliott also has a big role in the squad this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was out for the most of last season. So I think him and Carvalho in that midfield freshens it up enough, gets some young blood in there where we've had to deal with the likes of Milner, Oxley, <laughs> Chamberlain, yep. um, stuff like that, Kaita even. So I think bringing in some new guys to, to freshen up that midfield is going to be good. Cool. I also think last season was the best football Liverpool's played. We are coming off the end of Liverpool's best season, bar none. When it comes down to, listen, hear me out, to play the maximum amount of games with the amount of injuries, depth, and to go as far as we did to have our name in the running for a quadruple until the last day of two of those tournaments, I think that is unbelievably successful. I don't Pat, in terms of quality, when have you saw a Liverpool team play better than they did last year? Like the midfield, especially the COVID year when you ran away with it. The COVID year we did not I think run we away played with better it. You last year. Beat, you beat the the pack by 12, 13 points. Oh, you're saying you're saying the year that the season got suspended yeah, because of that year. Our first year with Nike. With our first year with Nike was the. The full year with full year. COVID, and that's what I thought. The, the so, break year. You ran away with it that year. I think you guys played great football. I think you played one of the most phenomenal, forgettable seasons last season. And I'm that I I'm sorry. That's just it's forgettable. It you, is. You won two trophies that you really only want to win when you're a major club. Yeah. With something else, and but does, remember you as almost but does the, making, the season is almost does we're almost in the history books but at the end of the day does, you weren't i'm sorry you're, you're not does wrong. making it there have no weight it has as much weight as city making it to the champions league final we still get bantered for never winning it okay or so we're getting bantered for having there. having success playing <laughs> the maximum number of of matches possible in a season i think it's an and accomplishment don't get me wrong it's it's just not – I don't think it is your best season. I think the seasons that you went out and actually won a major honor were better seasons than this. I think you played great football this mm-hmm. season, and I think you competed on – competing on all fronts is still an accomplishment from the prior season. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that you can call a season where the – most important thing your team won was an FA Cup, your best ever season. I just don't think you can. I, I think from a fan's perspective, from a Liverpool fan's perspective, when you look back and think of how long last season was, it's it. I get from the outsider looking in that it's like, it's lackluster. We walked away with two trophies that probably don't hold much weight in a conversation. And you can look back on it and say, yeah, they didn't really do anything. But from Josh and I's perspective, we, for the first time, saw our club play in every possible game. We had hope and we were fighting our asses off till the last whistle. Like, till the last whistle. And you saw how hard that was to do come second half of that Champions League final. When our players are dead tired and can't continue because we've played more games than anybody else in the world, I think that is a, a feat in and of itself. 
Congrats for coming in second. I I, I don't think it was our best season. <laughs> I'm not, ever. I think I'm it not, was the best we've played. I'm not saying it's like the best accolades, the best this, that, and the other thing. What we were able to accomplish. And I think you should I be think applauded is, for that. But it, I just and that's and that's what I'm saying. Overly impressed by the season. Last season's really not the point either. We're we're kind of going toward, towards. We're looking this, <laughs> right. I I, I think we're, that we're, we're splitting hairs. At this yeah, point. I think the. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> the heartbreak of last season is a part of the reason why I think we go on and win this year. Because Liverpool, to win the league the first time, it was like a, kind of like steps up. We did fourth, second, lost by a point, won the Champions League, and then won the Premier League. We lost the Champions League and the Premier League last year when we went from third to second. And I think they go ahead and win it this year. I think we have enough. I will say I have one contingency. It's Thiago staying healthy. Tiago plays like 30 Premier League games, I think we'll win. I think it's so... We'll talk. We'll get there when we get there, but um, we'll, t- we'll get there later. Yeah, so I, I, I personally have a kind of different view than Josh going into this year. With Mane leaving, with the change to, to our shape and bringing in a, in a true target nine, I think changes how we play the game. It really solidifies the end of an era with Mane going to Bayern. It's been six years of a consistent front three that plays a very consistent way. They all have their roles, and they all step up when they need to. Mane leaving and having Diaz fill the left wing role is is huge. I have no issue with, with Diaz. We got a very good showing out of him during the second half of last year. I just think Nunez coming in changes the way we move the ball forward. We've, we've been so reliant on our wing backs. I don't think that's going to change, but I think it's going to stop at midfield. Couldn't gonna... you say the same thing about Diago Jota, though, last year? First half of last season, he doesn't play necessarily like you know, Bobby or Mane. No, but he stepped up in when, when he was needed. But we were still crossing the ball into him for headers. Um, from what I've seen so far this preseason, and I know it's preseason, we know that. The four games that we got out of Nunez, we saw nothing but balls forced up the gut. And maybe that's just trying to get him touches. Maybe that's trying to get him involved in the side and get that goal to break the seal, which we, we ultimately ended up settling on a penalty. Four goals came from that. <laughs> but I, I think it does change the way we move forward. Going back to Fabio Cavallo, I don't see 20 games in the Premier League. I see 20 games in all competitions. But I think that's that's where we see him fill in is for an yeah. injured Tiago. I think that is the way I see him trending is Tiago's going to kind of take him under his wing because they're very similar players in the way they hold up play and distribute the ball and then get forward when needed. I think Fabio kind of gets into the box a little more than Tiago does. But I think there's going to be a lot of changes that we see from from our Anfield side this year. To be fair, too, I don't think that Nunez starts on day one. I think we see Bobby start. I think Klopp's kind of heading in that direction. I think Bobby will start the first 10 games or so, and Klopp will work Nunez in. I think that'll help us out quite a bit as well. I think Liverpool hit the gates running, and I have more for Pat kind of when he starts talking about City of why I think kind of Liverpool will jump them. Uh, again, we're talking about two of the two, the two best teams in the world. 
it's a hair's length. Oh, you know, when we're talking about who's better. So it is marginal and it's kind of hard to say like definitively this is going to happen when we're talking about Liverpool and Man City. I'm, I'm going to fucking either get dragged over the coals at the end of the season or be right. But I think it's going to be more than a hair's length this season. We'll see. We'll see how many goals we Erling Haaland can add. Besides his tap-in last night, he wasn't that good. He's scoring 30, dude. I don't think he backs he, 30. He's scoring no 30. No chance. He's scoring 30. scored 11 minutes into his debut. Yeah, and was shocking the rest of the game. He was scoring 30. I wouldn't say he was shocking. He, put, he, he was able to win some pretty difficult balls that were sent his way and keep play alive in the attacking third from what I saw. But I think he's world-class. I don't he think is. he scores 30. He's scoring 30. I don't think he's he's going to be in the conversation for the Golden Boot, in my opinion. But we can talk about oh, yeah. we could we could talk about Holland when we get to get to City. Are we at City? Are we done with Liverpool? I have I have one more like legitimate question about Liverpool. Yes, and this this is just thoughts of people who are not someone who's not a fan of the club. Do you think losing as much forward depth as you did over the year? I know Minamino didn't play. A ton. Big goals in the Cups. Exactly. I, I know Minamino didn't play a ton in, like, the grand scheme of things. And I know Origi didn't. He, he's, like, a, a, you know, he's a, he's a Liverpool legend, I'll admit. I was wrong on the Cult Hero Thank episode. You. Thank you. He's a legend. Thank you. He's a Liverpool Go legend. Go back and watch what a callback. Episode. Yeah. Call back to season one. He's a Liverpool legend, and he did a lot for the club. Is, is losing him and Mane and Minamino all in the same window with only Nunez coming in to replace him? going to actually yeah. impact much? Is it going to force Salah to maybe play a game in the Carabao? Or is it, like, you know, play four or five extra games on top of what is assumed to be already a pretty heavy load of games? Because, you know, assuming Liverpool meet their own standards, it's like an FA Cup semifinal, a Carabao Cup final, a Champions League semifinal, and in it for 38 games in the Prem. Is it is it going to affect the fact that some of your forwards might have to play seven or eight extra games this year? I, I think we'll be fine. Uh, Louis, we had only for half a year. Right, you have Diaz now, too. You have a full a season of, of Diaz. I think yeah. Jota plays a lot of cup games. Bobby, as well, because mm-hmm. I think Bobby will take a step back after that first kind of initial set of games. Cool. Uh, and like I said, I think Harvey and Fabio play a lot play a lot as well. Yeah. Final, final, final question, and this is just, I want both of your opinions on this. Mm -hmm. 25 games into the season, what's your ideal for the three? Everyone's on, everyone's in match form. Ideal front three. Ideally, I'd like it to be Diaz, Nunez, and Sala, uh, if we're there. Same thing. Same, in agreement. I didn't know if maybe... Jota can work his way into that. sneak in. For me, he can. It's dependent on what he does when he comes in. I think Jota was our, like, Second best attacker at the first half of the last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, he scored 12. Well, Salah was obviously the best player in the world in that time. And I think Jota was a very close second. He yeah. scored a lot of goals. Yeah, he did. He scored 11. Right, a lot 11. against your team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so small, but he's so good in the yeah, he, he just A lot of headed goals, yeah. But we'll get into City. We'll stop talking about what we're Let's hear it, fellas. I'm ready to oh, talk. I've got a great question to open it up. I've got a great answer. And if it's about losing to Tottenham, you're still going to take six points off of us. Let's get that in the way right now. <laughs> it's not about that, but I'm glad you feel that way too. Um, it was more on the lines of how does it feel to buy the league again? <laughs> I mean, we've made money this summer. Our, our net spend is $12 million positive. We've made £12 million pounds this summer. 
Next question. Going, kind of going <laughs> off that. Well, first off, thank you. You're welcome. I'm, treat my children I well. Love, I love what you guys you do. Treat my Ukrainian king and, and Jesus. Um, treat them well. <laughs> my question is how, like, I feel like you guys are going to run with it, just how confident Pep is of letting Gabriel Jesus go, Zinchenko go, Sterling go, and then mm. almost let Ake go. Like, the fact that those are, like, big staples in your club. And he's just like, yeah, go. I feel like, like Jesus was kind of, like, drowned out almost. He's a – so my thing with Jesus – my thing with Jesus is – he never really got the chance to, to come in and be like the main man. He he came into it in and you're not dethroning Aguero. You're just not right. Yeah. And in those games that Aguero was injured because towards the, the back half of his career and you know most of his career in general, you know you could count him in missing 15, 16 games a season due to injury. When Jesus would get those stretches, he didn't take his chance. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot expected of him. In, in City's side. That's why I think he was so good in big games for us. Yeah. Why he had came up with big goals against Madrid, big goals against PSG. He, he was just there in those big moments. And, and that's why I think he's going to do so well for Arsenal because he's going to get 30 games to play for them. And to the point of being confident and selling players, I, I think it's less about the confidence of City. Yes, we're a very confident side. We have a ton of depth and we can replace players that need to go. Right. We don't. Another thing, we're not overpaying for players either. So right. when someone leaves, it's like we're gonna get the replacement in for the right price, or or not. Um, I honestly, in the left back situation, if we don't sign Cucurella, I don't care. I think Wilson Esbrand, I would love to see him get minutes for us. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal fullback. Um, but we also don't hold players hostage in that way. Jesus had expressed wanting to leave, and we said if the price is right, you can go. Same thing for Zinchenko, same thing for Ake, Chelsea just didn't meet our valuation. It's been the same way for Bernardo for the past three years, but Barcelona didn't have enough weddings to afford Bernardo this summer. Yet. So he's, <laughs> he's now wedding. He's staying pretty. That's a good bit of banter. For at least another year or two. But, but the, the point is, I think City did this very similar thing in 2017 when Zabaleta left, when Sonia left, when Mangala left, when all of these players that were like remnants of the Pellegrini-Mancini era left. Yeah. It was, it's been more of a refresh this summer. We've, we've sold a lot of players. We've had five outgoings and four incomings, and that's a lot of big shoes to fill too, which is why I think that the city side you're going to see is going to be so good because it's so new. It's refreshed. It's right. Guardiola, all of these new things he can do with this side. I, I, I really do think that if City win the league by like 12 points this year. 12? I think he'd run away with I'd, I'd probably lot. say the same thing. If, I think Holland hits the ground running and no major injuries to Rodri, and we run away with it. I know you could say the same thing for me, but <laughs> if Holland got injured, what would that look like? Alvarez Al- up top? Al- I mean, Alvarez, you've seen us win two Premier Leagues in a row with a striker. No yeah. striker. Yeah. I'm not worried if Holland is injured or takes a little time to get off the ground. I think we've seen several forwards come into mm-hmm. Guardiola sides and need six months to a year to get fully integrated yeah. to the system. Yeah. I think with the player that Holland is, there will be less like comfort time, like room to let him grow. I think we're expecting a lot of goals out of him and I'm expecting him to not need to adjust. We've seen it at every club level he's played at and the international level. He just scores goals. He's a fucking robot built to put a soccer ball on the back of a net. And I, I think, you know, yeah. De Bruyne hits full season form along with Bernardo, Rodri. I think Grealish and him are going to form a really, really good partnership. 
I think Mares, because defenders are going to be now so focused on Holland, it gives Mares a lot more room to operate on the right. I, I, I just think that there's so much happening in this city side over the course of next summer that it's, it's and going into next year that it's going to be very difficult for teams that aren't like Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, maybe Arsenal to like even keep close with us. Have in, you thought about how many points you'll get? I don't think we break 100. I think a, that 100-point okay. season is not going to get replicated. I, I think it's high 90s. Okay. I think we match our point tally from last season maybe. I, I, I think to beat City to a title in the modern era, the way we play and how we've shown it, you need to get 99 points. And you just have to be perfect, really. Like, you have yeah. to, you can't, like, you saw whenever you guys are chasing, like, you will always have to just make sure you are perfect. Yeah, yeah. you're not perfect. losing any of those steps because City just, it's just we like won the league because every of, like, draw feels like you lost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it, it, it's like 30 wins is the, is you the need, mark. Yeah, you need 30 wins to beat City to a title. The and consistency minimum. is insane. Like, minimum. And that's Guardiola sets his teams up for marathons, not sprints. Yeah. And that's why he wins so many league titles. And, why I still don't think we're going to win the Champions League this year, but <laughs> I'd really like to see it happen. Um, one question I think is kind of going under the radar is what is up with the goalkeeper situation? and What do you think is going to happen for the future at City? I think Ortega is going to come good because statistically he was the best keeper in the Bundesliga last year. Yep. And we got him on a free, which, Tishi, I love you. <laughs> um Great. I think he's a good keeper. He's good with his feet. He had like two assists, I think, last season. Mm-hmm. He's good with his feet. He can pass the ball. He fits in our system perfectly. He's either going to turn Ederson into a Brazilian version of Prime Neuer, or he's going to take his spot and we'll finally have a goalie that can save shots. Yeah. I think Ederson's job is very much at risk, and I think last season, him not having competition, you know, I love America. Zach Steffen is not a Premier League quality keeper. He's not, or a top six Premier League quality keeper by any stretch of the imagination, unless he improves a lot on his positioning and his shot stopping. I, th- I think he's good, good enough with his feet, but I, I think he's at, his job's at risk. Ortega could very well take it. I got two things for you. I love Calvin Phillips signing. I love it too. I think that's going to be really good. That, that's another huge one. But second one, do you think Grealish is going to be better than he was this year because yes. I think last year he was a very very average player. I and he went from like being the guy and he was really really good with Aston mm-hmm. Villa and he came to City and was just kind of there yes. for the ride. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. I think we've seen it in wingers. I know I said forwards, but wingers specifically in Guardiola systems. Sané came in in 2016. Very average. Very average looking. Didn't look like he was worth the money at all. Young player of the year the following season. Mares comes in. Very average. Very similar to Grealish. He was that guy at Leicester. Very pedestrian season his first season at City. Comes in second year at City. Wins the title. Highest goal scorer in all comps. Is primarily him and Zinchenko the reason we were in a Champions League final. So I, I think Guardiola systems the two most demanding positions in his teams are center back and left and right wing and i think you get a season to adapt and then you are judged on that second season with most players i think we've seen a few exceptions to the rule in ederson coming in and 
Claudio Bravo was fucking ass. So anyone's <laughs> going to look better than him. And I think Diaz and Laporte just slotted right in and made instant impact. You know, Diaz is in the conversation for best center back in the world, and Laporte came right in when he was first signed and, you know, didn't lose his first 18 games in a city shirt. So you rarely see players in these, like, high-demand positions in Pep Guardiola teams make impact in their first season. So I think this season we will see a new Jack Grealish. And I think, I don't think he scores a lot, but I think we see a Jack Grealish with double-digit assist numbers come the end of the season. And what if the Gucci bag behind him now, too? Yes. Gucci headbands if all not, season. Flop. I think one thing that's really going to help who, you who goes, this season. You think you see him starting? I think it really depends on Foden's fitness at the start of the season. Yeah. I, I think ultimately City's best front three is Foden, Holland, Grealish. Or Foden, Holland, Mares, excuse me. And Grealish, my understanding when City bought Grealish is he was not a left winger. He was a I good thought one replacement a, or um, a long term like more attack yeah, a ten. Mid. And I think we'll see City in more of a four two three one shape this year with wanting to include Phillips with Gundawan aging with De Bruyne. We saw it at the end of last season, De Bruyne playing that like higher, more impact, like the ten yeah. role. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see De Bruyne higher, we'll see two midfielders in behind him, and I think in games that De Bruyne's not gonna play or you know, we're resting him for the future, I think we'll see Grealish slot into that central role where De Bruyne is, and I think we'll see him shine there as well a little bit more, too. He played played better when we saw him more central last year, yeah. too, mm-hmm. so I think I think he just sees the, the pitch better yeah. from yeah. a central position. Yeah, when he would come in for, like, Gundogan or Bernardo Silva in, like, the 60th or 70th minute for games, you'd see a lot better of him yeah. then. I think your depth, too, especially with the new five-sub rule, like, you're just going to want, I think, just, like, teams are going to, like, struggle. Pep's still going to make one signing again. And then you yeah. just throw on, like, Grealish can come on, Foden come on. Like you just can yeah. just change the game, and you're just you're welcome for that. By the way, superstar bench. Is us too. Hey, Guardiola really wanted it too, so you're all welcome for five. <laughs> yeah, this year. I'm, I'm excited for it. Pep doesn't I, use them, but he wants five. I think that's gonna when you need to change a game, like you did to win the league, like just boom. Yeah, it's a Let's talk about my one qualm with the Man City thing. We've talked about it a little bit, Pat. I think there's more teams in the Premier League this year that are willing to go out and be attacking and. and are less scared because in the in the past we saw teams just completely park the bus, try to <laughs> bring games later on. Uh, I think you have you know the Villas. I think even like promoted sides like Nottingham Forest, Newcastle, West Ham, teams that are really gonna like Fulham even. Yeah, like not really be scared of you in those sense of like if they're gonna get pumped, they're gonna get pumped. They're gonna try to go out and get a goal. And Villa did that the, the last game of the season. Right. I think teams like Newcastle and West Ham also are capable. Mm-hmm. So I'm very capable. Yeah, so do you see that being, you know, I guess this is a thing for Liverpool as well, but do you see that lowering your point total just with the amount of teams it seems like who have strengthened and brought people in from the other top five leagues? I don't, so I think it certainly makes the way City plays a little more interesting, but I don't see it as a hindrance because a lot of the times, like, when those types of teams take points off of City, like when Villa almost beat us on the last day, when we drew with West Ham, when we lost mm-hmm. to Palace, not only do those teams have to come out and they have to be fearless, City have to not be having their best day and they still need to play perfect. Yeah. Palace beat us 2-0 at home playing that way. City hit the bar twice. Cancelo's shot is a centimeter yeah, to the so right and that's a very that, yeah. different game. I, I think... We've seen lower 
teams, newly promoted teams, try and play with City, and they lose 7-0 like <laughs> Fulham did. They open up like Fair. Stoke did in 17-18, and they lose 7-0. Norwich. Leeds getting shit-pumped by us home and away. Norwich beating us and then getting bodied. Newcastle, the, the game the I predicted Newcastle money line. Yeah. Newcastle <laughs> losing 5-0 to us. Teams can be as confident as they want going forward, but unless you play yeah. a perfect game, you are you giving De Bruyne space in transition. You're going to concede a goal. You're now giving De Bruyne space in transition, passing to arguably the most lethal young striker in world football. Yeah. There's more hard games, though, in the Premier League, oh, isn't there? Oh, for sure. Like, when you look at, like, a, a West Ham, they gave people fits. And mm-hmm. especially Newcastle, for me, that's the one I'm... Because they added Pope and Botman from... They're very good. They look very uh, good next season. Their defense is strength. And there's a lot of, like... There's, like, ten hard games in the Prem next year. And that's for both of us. Exactly. Uh, you guys as well. You know, fighting for top four and everything. That's 14 Not hard games for you guys. Because you got us, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it definitely makes it interesting having that many no, like I, really I, competitive games. I do think that the Premier League is going to feel a little bit more competitive, but I just think it's so you need to play against Liverpool too. It's not just City, but because we're talking about City, I'm just saying City. You need to play perfect yeah. against these two sides, and you need to play perfect and fearless. And if if you slip in either one of those things, you, you're going to lose the game. Our game when at the Emirates, like we they, outplayed we, you that first half, you played and then a phenomenal game. Shaka just tugs, and then it was one little over. lapse, and yeah. then we win. It one little lapse on a free kick, and Rodri scores the game. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's you need to not only you can't give either any of these you know like top three teams you can't give them an inch or they're gonna score four goals mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely so that's i think that's where i'm like not as frightened by these yeah. teams willing to play us i almost want them to play us because it's like all right play a perfect game pal or we're scoring five yeah and it's just fair. how it's gonna go it's the same thing for you guys i can see the same i can say the same thing honestly about any of the top five sides united are like mm, maybe especially like, with the the improvements that have been made this year mm-hmm. like I out of the top six teams that that finished in the top six last year, I really haven't seen any any one particular team drop an incredible amount of of talent or change an incredible amount. If anything, Liverpool's the, the biggest question mark out of the top six. Mm-hmm. That's because you haven't really brought a lot in. Like exactly. everybody, else, like everybody's bringing in a lot and not losing a lot. And I think that is that is why I, as a Liverpool fan, am so cautiously optimistic about next yep. next yep. season um i i want to be like dead on like nunez is coming in he's gonna win the golden boot he's our man i don't i don't have that feeling it's because i i guess i guess coming from the brennan rogers era and following that and then coming into this just kind of golden age of liverpool where you have Mane, Salah, and Firmino running your front three for mm-hmm. so long. I feel like it's the biggest drop that any of the top six have taken. Mm-hmm. And it's kind it just of... just changes the way we're going to play. It, exactly. it does. It does. Yeah. So it's it's not like necessarily a bad thing, but it's just... I think that's the biggest question mark. Yeah. And it's I, I think everybody's improved, and it's really difficult to do that. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen so many teams improve. Yeah, this seems like a crazy window. It's an arms race for a fourth. lot of people. Like, if you, especially with, like, how COVID affected, like, the other leagues, they can hardly buy players because, like, 
the Premier League has all the money. We're the Super League now. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're not getting in that top fourth, you might get left behind. So, everybody's trying to make sure they to are catch in into that. it, yeah, yeah. To, get, to really get and themselves like you, there. And, like, you two are set. So, like, you already have that foundation. Like, even if you haven't brought up Liverpool, you're still Liverpool. Like, you're going to go yeah. out and beat pretty much every other team. Yep. City, like, it's a coin. Also, losing Michael Edwards, like, people forget about that, yeah. too. Julian Ward, though, has done pretty well. He has. He has. He absolutely has. It's just, it's like, it's that crutch. It's, yeah. it's like <laughs> the thing you lean yep. on. It's like, he, Michael Edwards was our guy, and now mm. we don't have him. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of just good memories that you're like, I, it's bittersweet. Very you don't want to lose those. Yeah. Last time Klopp had an out and out striker was Robert Lewandowski, I should say, but. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And Nunez I think the last only time, 22. Oh, we had Aguero, and then it was Lewandowski, then Aguero. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that's pretty, it's a pretty good track record. Oh, you know? yeah. It's a pretty good track record. So, close the episode out. Just going to kind of give a quick top six prediction, and then we're going to also talk about who we think is uh, getting the drop this season. Um, I guess I'll just start. And then You'll start? We okay. can go, we can go, go from it. there. So, uh, my top six, I've got City winning the league. We're fucking running away with it. Tottenham in second. I think Tottenham ran up a very, very good season. Front three that knows each other very well. Full season of Conte. Full season of all the, you know, everything. N- enough new signings to get them through any games they play in Europe. I think Tottenham are finishing second this year. Third is Chelsea. I think they made a lot of really good signings. And I, I think that they, they have the quality to keep third place. Fourth is Liverpool. I'm just not convinced by the movement in the market. I could be proven very, very wrong coming out of the season. I think they're very good. But I think everybody else also got very good. Um, fifth, United or Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a very good side. I think they're just going to miss out on top four, but I think they're going to. Europa League is going to be theirs. So they're going to have a very good season. They're going to beat some good teams, but I think you know mid-season they're going to have those little like dips in form, lose to teams they probably shouldn't. Classic Arsenal stuff. Sixth place, United. I still think they're a fucking dumpster fire, even if they're going to finish sixth. I just don't think they have the quality to beat anybody to finish above anybody in the top five. And you know, end of the day, I, I just think there are five teams better than Manchester United right. And then my bottom three, relegation. I, I said it last year. I'm saying it again this year. Southampton, you're going down. Yeah, that backfired because Southampton almost took points off you. They're going down. <laughs> Southampton are getting relegated. It's happening. All I still got Southampton Krause. are taking six off the city this year. That's probably them and Tottenham. Southampton, going down. 19th, Bournemouth. They're just not good enough. They do not have the goals to stay in the Premier League, unfortunately. 20th, I'm very sorry, the bees, but Brentford, you're getting relegated. <laughs> I just don't think they have the quality to stick with it. I think if they kept Erickson, Erickson maybe, but I think they were declining at the end of the season. Losing Erickson is big. I'm not convinced by him. You know, the bottom three are fluid. Maybe, you know, it's like Brentford, 18th, Southampton, 19th, Bournemouth, 20th, but those are the three teams okay. getting relegated this year. Justin, we'll kick it to a guest. Yes. What do you got? Um, I got City walking with it. I think they're going to win the league. Um, then Liverpool, I think it's just going to, again, for a while, I think it's just yeah. going to be U2. Um, third, I hate to say it, I think it's going to be Spurs. Um, we'll see. Um, I think there will be a big gap between U2 and everybody else again. Um, and then I think we might scrape fourth. Um, I'm fine fifth Europa League. As long as we could somehow get in the Champions League, that's a good season for us. Um, Chelsea, I've... Again, like Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, I think those three are just going to be the... You could literally do interchange mm-hmm. for each one. I think it makes sense. Um, six United. I don't know who else. I Moms. mean, I, Right, yeah. I think Ten Hag will get them to six, and I'm curious to see what they do next. 
um, relegated Bournemouth, they're gone. Uh, Fulham, they're just up and down every year. I don't really think, I think they're, they're doing. I think they're whole, barely like fucking skinning their nutsack, but I think they're barely. I just think it's their, like them in um, Norwich. It's just it's meant to be. And then third, I'm gonna go Brentford. I think Erickson is losing that is huge, and Tony doesn't want to be there. Yep. So. Mm. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. I'll go. I'll go next. I guess. I have Liverpool winning the league. I think I'm the only one here that thinks that. Mm-hmm. Uh, City second. I think it's going to be come down to the wire again, like a you know two or three point finish maybe. Tottenham in third. I do think Tottenham has a big improvement. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went far in the Champions League either. Chelsea in fourth. Arsenal in fifth. I think Arsenal are kind of right there again. Uh, and United in sixth. So same as everyone else. But I think Newcastle are right behind them. I agree with that. I think Newcastle are finishing... In a in, in the top half yep. of this the table, like convincingly this. And year. then my top or uh, my bottom three in order in in eighteenth. I have Brentford. Uh, I do think they struggle without Erickson. Bournemouth. They haven't signed anyone. They're kind of like running with the same guns. They don't. <laughs> it, it, they're getting really. Yeah. Bournemouth is a very very small club, so it's that's hard for them. Still have Dom Solanke. Shout out to him. Uh, and Fulham. I think they're finishing 20th. They're the biggest yo-yo club of all time. They do not have remotely a chance of staying. Norwich up. is a bigger yo-yo than Fulham in my. It's opinion. like Fulham and Norwich are like the two exactly, yo-yos yeah. that you just like pull. Up. I think they're. I think they're staying. No I'm chance. Doubling down on South, I'm still scoring. Doubling down on Southampton. No, he's going to score nine, and they're going to barely stay up. But he's going to score enough. No, Mitro- Mitrovic, golden boot. And then we'll kick it over to Farwell to hear what he has to say about next season. So let's do over Farwell. Yeah. Uh, one city. I I don't see it really being any other way. They're just. I think they're going to be really dominant this year. I think. Even without signing Holland, they were going to be pretty good. But I think Holland's just going to be. I have really high expectations for him. I think he's going to play really well. Different gravy, as Sergio Aguero would say. <laughs> uh, two, Tottenham. I'm I'm going with it. I'm feeling really confident this year. Um, I think we take away the Harry Kane kind of drama, like you said. Um, he wants to be there now, playing in the Champions League. Kingman's son coming off a golden boot, full season of Kulisevsky. Yeah, I like him. I like he, him a lot. He's, he's, he's one of my favorite <laughs> new players. Um, I think Hoybeer is just a absolute grafter. Yeah, he's he, a good player. Really good in the six. I. Love to see Brian Gill, the lad, coming back. <laughs> I'm so pumped to see him play again. He's a little shithead, but he's awesome. Um, not lacking in that department for your team. No. <laughs> um, three, I think I got Liverpool there. Four, Chelsea. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think Chelsea and Arsenal are going to be fighting for four. Four and five. I think that's very fair. Um and then six, I think I've got three teams I could see in six. Uh, Newcastle, yeah. one of them. Uh, uh, not City. United, I, I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going to figure their crap out fast enough. Mm-hmm. And this, then, isn't, this isn't a PG-13 podcast. You can say shit if you yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> and then Aston Villa. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I think Villa are not. I think, no. Yeah. I, they're I like I, I think they play. Me. I no. think they play really good football. They strengthen their spine a lot. To be fair, they have. Uh, oh, they signed the guy from Sevilla, Carlos yep. Diego Carlos, I think, 
and they uh, added a defensive midfielder that's very good as well. I think they're good. I just I don't know if they're if they're top six fighting quality, think, like seventh or eighth. Maybe they finished twelfth last year. Yeah, they did their business really early in yeah. the window, like the first day the window was open. Yeah. They were making signings, and they haven't done anything. I think they'll, <laughs> I think they'll be fighting but, for like Europa League, Europa Conference League. Conference, I, yeah. I, I don't see them slipping into sick, but I, I just I don't know, know if they have. I, I think a full season of Coutinho is good. Yeah, I, 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 and, I, and a full fell season off of at the end of last season. But he, he, was, like he was really only there for... Fucking scored against you. Yeah, then they <laughs> lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 I see your points. I don't, nec- I don't think that it's going to be an overnight change, but having a full season of Coutinho... Full season of Dine, full season of Gerard. Like I All think, he hopefully gets better. I, th- I think it'll be good. I like think. Eighth. Yeah, that's why yeah. I have those three bounces. I think I think okay. I do that's, see him improving yeah. like four or five spots. Fair. Yeah, I think like, they'll be good. I do think they'll be good. I just I just don't know. Yeah. if I can see them in six. Fair enough. Um, bottom three. Yeah, bottom three. No particular order. Brentford, Bournemouth, Fulham. Yeah, so Fulham are staying up. I don't think they are staying up. I don't they're doing it. No. They're doing the thing. Shout out my buddy Steve. Fulham are staying up. So uh, I I agree with that. We'll get we'll get into mine. Uh, my top six, I have City winning the league. I have Tottenham finishing second. I think what Tottenham have done is a lot of good business. You take out the Kane drama, all the BS. Sun's been on an absolute tear, staying consistent. They've lost nobody of importance. Um, Liverpool, I think I will put them in third. It's either third or fourth for Liverpool. Yeah, they can flip-flop for me too, but I think Chelsea will Um, do just enough. I think fourth, Arsenal. Fifth, Chelsea. Today you talked me into negative Chelsea land and having them drop (laughs) two spots. I think... I think you're welcome. I think the top six, um, the, the just the changes that have been made. I think it's going to condense the point tally a lot. I I don't think City are going to outright win by 14, 16 points. I think maybe eight to ten, and then the next four is going to be a lot more condensed than it was over the last few years. Um, fifth, we'll put Chelsea, and then sixth. We'll put United. I'm into it. Um, bottom three. And Leeds 18th. Brandon, whatever his name is. Leeds 18th. Nottingham Forest 19th. That's Bournemouth. That Nottingham is... Forest I have a problem with. That's they, wild. <laughs> they have made a lot. They have uh, Omar Richards from Bayern, Nico Williams from Liverpool, Taiwo from Union Berlin scored 16 goals in the Bundesliga last year, yeah. and Lingard. And okay. Steve Cooper is a fucking hell of a man. There's always that okay. one team that gets promoted that like does above everybody's expectations. That's it's gonna, gonna be. I think no, it's gonna be Fulham. For top half. No, it's Ful- gonna be. Yes, it's gonna be Fulham. I fucking like it. Fulham I is fucking the one like that's it. coming up and staying. They deserve it. They deserve it. And I will not hear anything. Craven otherwise. Cottage fucks. Fulham is staying up. <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> I want the hashtag every time they win a the game. I want you to Craven Goddard's Fox. <laughs> Nottingham Forest just has an aura around the club. Like the city ground. They won two champions. They won the playoff the to get back. They had that moment. Yeah, that was there. that was 42 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but no, they're, they're like a proper football club. Like They are a proper when football club. When Villa got up, there was no doubt Villa was staying up because it's Villa. They're one of the biggest clubs in England. They're I know. bigger than I know that. two of the clubs sitting at this. I just think... A club that Relax. is coming into the Forest Premier League. Hear me out. Hear me out, Josh. 
I just it'd be right playing now. playing yeah. the devil's advocate for you because that's what I do as be as your co Liverpool fan on the pod. <laughs> Listen, we'll be there. Nottingham Forest has done a lot of good business. I think it's a classic case of too much business in a short amount of time to try and make improvements to stick up. Okay. That being so said, so it's like a Siri uh, Fulham in Fulham, Greece, uh, yeah. Fulham it spent a hundred million dollars in 2017, and they got fucking okay. relegated. Okay. Like one of their star signings is that whole city now, Siri. I, I just don't. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like they're they're I like four, that argument. four or five different players that come from four or five completely different systems that have to fit together and yeah. stay up. Yeah. I think it's a tough ask. I think Steve. Cooper I'm not can saying do it, they're a bad yeah. club. Yeah. I think he can do it. And there's a potential of them staying up. Absolutely. I just think that Fulham have worked their asses off. They've stayed a little bit more consistent. Yes, they're using losing a young talent in, in Fabio, but they have consistent veterans that that have played together for years yeah. that I think can get the job done over over okay. a club like Nottingham Forest. Fulham could get relegated at the end of the season, and I could be like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is might have been a little bold of me to think that they're staying ah, up. I saw that coming. But um, no, that, that was that, that was, was talking the 22-23 yeah, season. We're that back. Premier League table was a success. Thank you, guys. Back. Thank you to to Josh yeah, and Austin. Justin and Austin. Thank you, Josh, for being on here. Thank you, Josh, for letting us use your home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is great. Expect a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon. Um, and you know. Stay tuned for other announcements. Follow us on the socials. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming. Um, I'm not gonna put it in this video though. I'm gonna make you go to the socials and see it yourself because we're trying to grow that shit. Marketing. Yep. <laughs> Word. Peace we're out, out, guys. Thanks for coming out. out.